But, um, but do, do look, I mean, look at what God has done. Wow. Look at all that has, has been accomplished. Now, I would say this as well. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see more later on. I've, I've got, well, this is half of it on the back of this. You don't get that this morning. You got to stick around. All right. But um, there's so much that God has done that it's just in this in the ministry itself here and, and what he has done for Bethel and for us as his people but you can go beyond that and it's not really just looking at what God has done here just take the time to look at what God has done personally and I, I know it, it sometimes things get not so enjoyable in life right sometimes it gets tough sometimes uh, we face valleys, but as the choir is saying, even in the valley, God is good. But there's another song, y'all know this one, it's an older, older song. Um, God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. He's never stopped being God. And he's never stopped being good. He is a good God. And, and by the way, that's, that's where we're going this morning. I'm going to give you a very, um, if you are a... Um, a, uh, what do we call, uh, not, not literature, but uh, gr- uh, grammar. If you are a grammar aficionado, um, this is not going to go well for you when it comes to the title of this message. Um, the simple title is this, Ain't God Good? Okay? And uh, grammar individuals and those who know English would say, that's a very improper way of saying that. Uh, yes, but ain't God good? And uh, it, it may not be good English, but it sure is good sense. And that, that's going to be the focus of, of our thought this morning. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to two passages. Uh, y'all are familiar with Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. Uh, you can kind of hold your place there, or basically you can just go to Psalm 31 first, and we're just going to back up to Psalm 23. It's only a couple of pages um, and I'm not going to preach Psalm 23, but I do want to emphasize verse number 6 of Psalm 23. After we look at Psalm 31, all right? So Psalm 31, verse number 19 to verse number 24. Now, I realize it is 1139. Uh, I haven't heard any stomachs rumbling yet, but I'm sure it's going to happen soon. Because good Baptists, are eating, they eat on a time clock. And, um, and we, uh, we, we love fellowships because it typically comes with food. And, uh, but we're, I'm looking forward to the time. There's, been, there's tons of food in there. Uh, it's all smelt good. I've had to stay out of it because I just didn't want to get hungry before it was time. But, um, but we're going to look at this thought, and it's gonna, I believe it's just going to be encouraging. That's my whole point for today, uh, is that we can be reminded of the goodness of the Lord. This is the goodness of God. And be reminded that even if you're facing a valley, how can you get through the valley if you're focused on the valley? You can't. You get lost in it. 
You get out of the valley by focusing on God who is in the midst with you, but he's also outside of the control, outside of the, of the hold of that valley. And so therefore, he has the ability to give you the strength to come out of the valleys and enjoy some mountaintop comforts. But I preached before, you got to be careful of the danger of the mountaintop comforts. Everybody wants to live on the mountaintop, but you'll die up there. The air is real thin. The mountaintop has a lot of, a lot of dangers that sometimes uh, while we're enjoying the mountain, we don't, we don't realize the cliff is right there and we just might go off it. The valleys aren't enjoyable, but you basically the valley is the school time. That's, the valley is where we are trained and taught how to survive because if you don't go through survival lessons, you'll never make it on the mountain. And everybody that goes up a mountain always comes back down. Why? You can't live up there. Most of the time. Now, I'm not talking about just living in, in mountainous areas. I'm talking about you can't go to the top of Mount Everest and live at the high peaks of the excitement of reaching Everest. You can't stay up there. You will die. You have to come back down. And by the way, before you can even go up, you have to learn how to handle the mountain. How do you learn how to handle the mountain? You, you get trained in the valley. And, uh, and so the valley times are not all that enjoyable. It is a training time, and sometimes it, it, it is uh, difficult, but yet... With every valley, there's an opportunity for a mountain because the only way you have a valley is because you're surrounded by mountains. And so there are times when God takes us up the mountain and we enjoy it. There are times when he um, brings us into the valley to teach us and to kind of humble us a little bit, lower us back down to reality. But regardless of whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, uh, you still have, if you know Christ as your personal Savior, you still have a good God that is with you and on your side. May I say, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, there is still a good God who is seeking to save that which is lost. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, He desires that, uh, that you know Him personally and that He can give forgiveness that only He can provide. But we're looking here in Psalm 31, verse number 19 to verse number 24. There is a little bit of a ring in the system. I can hear it every now and then. I'm not sure what it is. Um, make sure all the other microphones, are the choir mics off? Okay. I'm not sure what it is, but something's hot. I'm hearing it ring. Um, but um, Psalm 31, look at verse number 19 with me. Verse number 19 down to verse number 24. Bible says, oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Boy, that'd be nice. You ever had somebody just talk and talk and talk and talk and wish they'd just stop talking about you? If you're not careful, sometimes you think people are talking about you and they're not really, all right? There have been plenty of times I wanted to say, listen, we're not nearly as important as we think we are. People don't talk about us nearly as much as we think they do. Um, but as a whole, there are times when it'd be nice to know that God protects us from the pride of men and from the lashing of the tongue. And the Bible says that he does. It goes on, though, in verse number 21. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am 
cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. By the way, have you ever felt like you've been cut off and God not listening? That's where, that's where the psalmist is at. It's like, I, 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 in, in my haste, in my lack of patience, in my lack of temperance, in my haste, I said, oh, he's cut me off. He doesn't hear me. He's not listening to me anymore. It, we get like that if we're not careful. But he said, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. God has not stopped listening, and God has not stopped his ears so he can't hear you. Verse number 23 says, oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentiful rewardeth the proud doer. For be, be verse number 24, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Turn with me back over to Psalm 23 and verse number 6. This is the shepherd's psalm. Uh, most people can quote the six verses, but um, verse number 6 is really the only one I want to I focus on right now, and that is just simply this. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I just want to look at a preacher years ago. I'm not going to preach his message, but years ago, um, uh, brother, his name just left me. Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. Um, stand behind my car when I back out. It'd be pure pleasure running. Ron Gears, thank you. All right, that, that's it. He, he, had, he had his sayings. He said, you outfit. Just stand behind my car when I pull out tonight. It'd be pure pleasure running over you. He, he said, you got you to know Ron Gears. He, he, was, he was a character, but... Older gentleman, wise, wise man of God, had his faults, but wise man of God. But he preached a message one time on the two hounds of heaven. Mercy, goodness and mercy, the two hounds of heaven. They, they hunt you down. And uh, I'm not going to preach that uh, per se this morning, but I do want to look at this thought of goodness and mercy, God's goodness and mercy that follow his people. Let's pray, and then we'll, we'll look at these thoughts. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us to come together. Uh, it is a special day for us as a church. And I pray that you'd give us many more of these days, many more of these years, working and serving together, uh, Lord, as long as you do not return. And I pray that you would help us this morning as we look at the encouragement of the goodness of our God. May we be re reminded of what you have done for us, not just as a church, but even as individuals, would you remind us of what you have done? May we not be surrounded by and focused on all the horrible things that have happened and all the awful things we've experienced, all the negative things that, that have taken place, but Lord, can we for a moment just set all that aside and just let you remind us of how good you have been in our lives, that we might turn and praise you for it. Again, we thank you for this morning. Pray that you just meet with us in a very real way as we look at your word. We ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. So, 
what, is, what was promised here? What is the promise? What is the layout? Well, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We know all that. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And then it ends with surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The promise that we're focused on is that goodness and mercy are present especially for the child of God. Now, let, let me just preface this a little bit. God's goodness is not just for the child of God because we understand and know that the fact that God does not destroy the wicked without a chance to ever receive Christ as their Savior and understand forgiveness of sins, the fact that He defers His, his wrath and ability to Put it justly immediately on man. The fact that he gives time and he gives opportunity and he is long-suffering, that alone is the goodness of God even to the sinner. There are some that have sat underneath the truth. There are some who have never heard it, some who are in, in areas where it's, never, it's never, been, uh, never reached their village or whatever it is, and, and they haven't heard it yet, and there are still places around this world who have their people. Matter of fact, now in America, there are generations coming up who haven't one time heard a single full explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most of them that have not heard haven't even got a clue who Jesus is except for the use of a curse word. And so, we have a world today where there are plenty of people who haven't got a clue who God is. Some of them could care less at this moment and yet God still cares for them. Can he provide his goodness and, and, and his blessings the way he'd like to for a lost individual who, who is without uh, Christ and without forgiveness and on their way to eternity separated from God? Can he bless them like he desires to bless mankind? No, he can't. Because the blessings of God in this life are promised to the child of God who follows and, and faithfully and uh, in a holy manner fears him or reverences him, whose life is following God, as I follow him, his blessings can be poured out without measure. The lost individual doesn't have that, but what they do have, they still have the goodness of God hounding them down, trying to find, it, 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 even over, I think it was Nehemiah, I think it was Nehemiah, um, we talked about that, uh, that the goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. It is the goodness of God. It is his goodness that should draw men to say, no, I don't, des I don't even deserve that he'd even think of me, and yet he's been so patient. Some have never heard, and some have heard week after week after week after week and still rely on themselves. 
and still rely on their own way and still rely on what they can put together without putting their faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. And yet God gives them week after week after week, gives them time, gives them a chance, lets them hear truth over and over again. Some still never respond, but uh, I've, I, in my lifetime, have seen many that have in church, been raised in church, and finally come to a realization, I have never repented of my way and said, Lord, it is all of you. Forgive me. I've seen adults raised in church, raised their family in church, and then come to, come to a particular service and all of a sudden realize, I'm not saved. I've been relying on my church membership. I've been relying on my goodness. I've been relying on this, and I've been relying on that. (laughs) Why didn't God just take me out of here because I've been relying on everything but Him, but for His goodness and His mercy? Goodness and mercy shall follow me. This is the goodness of God that never fails and never ends. It is the same goodness that when we believe to see will sustain and strengthen us in a wicked world. Y'all know Psalm 27, 13 is one of my favorite ones. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is also the mercy, it is the streams of mercy flowing from the fountain. It's pardoning mercy. It's protecting mercy. It's sustaining mercy. It's supplying mercy. Everything that God does for us is because he shows us mercy and then bestows upon us his grace. Lamentations 3, 22 through 25 says this, and I'm going to give you four things in just a moment. We'll be done. Here it is. Lamentations 3, 22 through 25. Listen to what it says. Now, this is, the, this is the book where it's like moaning and wailing, lamentations, oh, woe is me. Okay, now watch. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Amen and amen. Because his compassions fell not. Wow. There, there, there is your underlying foundation. His mercy doesn't fail because his compassion Never fails. I'm glad God's compassionate with me because if, if God was compassionate with me at the level at which I am faithfully compassionate with others, ouch, I'd be in trouble. His mercies, it's by his mercy we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse number 23 says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. By the way, that is where the song that we sing in our songbook, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. That that is where that song comes from. That statement right there spurred upon the heart of the songwriter to, to pin it down and put it to music that we could sing his praises and great is thy faithfulness. I love the chorus. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. 
All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I mean, that's just powerful. I mean, it doesn't bebop and get you moving. It literally sinks you down, makes you think, and says, wow, I forgot to consider how great his faithfulness is. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, it goes on to say, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. For a book that's all, woe is me, that's not bad. That is the turning of of a page, you might say, a turning of a focus from woe is me to where is my hope? My hope is in the goodness and mercy that's new every morning. Why? Because it keeps hounding me down. Great is thy faithfulness through his goodness and his mercy. And here's what you see in Psalm 23. Um, as we looked at that, the, whole, the whole Psalm 23, if you were to, to investigate the whole thing, you would come down to four, four different things you can understand about the goodness and mercy. Here they are, very simply, very quickly. The conveyance of goodness and mercy. In, in verse number six is really the focus here. So surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The conveyance or the process by which um, goodness and mercy are present, they follow me. God puts them on, again, I'm kind of going back to Brother Garris' message, but he puts them on the scent. And they they don't lose my scent. God puts goodness and mercy, and for the the child of God, he, he puts goodness and mercy, like hound dogs of heaven. He puts goodness and mercy on the trail And no matter what I face and no matter where I go, they follow me into all places, into all conditions. They shall always be ready to prove God's faithfulness in time of need. Because he's good, because he's merciful. He's not all judgment. People love to preach There's two sides of the spectrum here, two sides of of this pendulum, and it swings heavy one way and then automatically back the other and rarely ever finds a balance in the middle. It swings all the way over here. We never talk about judgment. It's all love, 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 love. And then it swings all the way over here. We can't talk about love. He's judgment, judgment. He's the righteous judge of all the earth. He's going to judge everything. We're going to stand before him and be judged. Everybody's going to be judged. He's watching. He's seeing. He's writing it down. We're going to be judged. Oh, doom and gloom. Okay. That it's that way or it's this way. And listen, that's the pendulum swinging too far either direction. He is perfectly balanced with love and judgment. And how is that accomplished? Because he is something that we have not attained to as of yet, but one day we'll get to experience holy. 
Now, we are to strive to be holy as he is holy. The Bible commands us to. But in this life, as I fight this flesh, it is a fight. One day, the flesh will be taken out of the equation, and I will get to understand what true, full, complete purification is. And I'll get to be holy. No, I'm not saying equal with God. I'm talking about equal with the attribute that he says we're supposed to have. I will get to experience what it is to be as holy as he is. Perfect, without sin, balanced, without wavering, absolutely centered in perfectness. Because I did something? No. (laughs) Because he placed his righteousness on my account. And when I get to heaven, he will glorify once and for all and purify once and for all, for all and complete me so that I can be in his likeness holy. But again, it's never of me, it's always of him. And that, once again, is the goodness and mercy of God revealed. The conveyance is it follows so as to be ready at any moment to prove God's faithfulness. The continuance is number two. The conveyance is how it follows. The continuance shall follow me all my life long, all the days of my life. So my entire life, while I live on this earth, while I am here, God's goodness and God's mercy shall follow me. It's never going to stop. It goes all the way even to the last, to the very end. For whom God, watch this, for whom God loves, he loves to the end. God loves you. Yes, Jesus loves me. Does he? If he loves you, he doesn't love you to a certain point and then you're on your own. His love is never ending. Therefore, his goodness is never ending. His mercies are never ending. His grace is never ending. All of this that God does for us unworthy individuals, it never ends. It is surely goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of my life. There is no time frame that I will find that God will not be there. Now, we've already, we've already settled that there are times when it feels like God's missing, right? There are times when we might feel alone. God's not missing. Here's what I believe happens more than anything else. I know sometimes we can get off the path. We can get away. God didn't go anywhere. We strayed off. I get all that. But I think here's what happens sometimes when we're trying to stay close to him, but we still can't hardly hear him. And we think that he's nowhere to be found. He done forgot me. In my haste, I said. Now watch. I think sometimes we just let all the thorns and all the thistles and all the issues of this life just grow like ragweed around us. And we look around and we see nothing but the problems. We see nothing but the problem. Where, where is God? I we look up and it's like covering over like a can. Ah, where are you, Lord? I can't see. I'm lost. And it's the cares of this life. It's the struggles of this life. It's all the things we're going through. It's not that God isn't right there it's just everything we're facing seems bigger than he is and until i get a proper perspective and allow him to move things out of the way oh he's still there he never went anywhere 
By the way, sometimes the wind can blow so, so violently and so loud that it's hard to hear his voice. But many times, even Isaiah saw it, God came in thunderings and God came in earthquake, and it, or, or there was earthquakes and thunderings and there's, there's a large, massive wind, all, all these different noises, all these different massive things. But God was not in this, he was not in this, and he was not in this. And then there was a still, small voice. God, I believe a heavenly father in his goodness and mercy is looking to calm us in the storm. Not always remove the storm, but calm us in the storm. And it's not until we decide to go ahead and get in the same mentality of calm to a degree. (laughs) Okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm about to have a panic attack. But Lord, I'm just going to stop for a minute. Focus in on you, Lord. I need to hear from you. And when I set aside the issue, all of a sudden I can start hearing the voice again. I think many times it's not that we've gotten so far away from God. It's that we have allowed everything else to feel so big that we think that we are surrounded by what God has walked away from. He hasn't walked away. We just got as it was for um, Peter. Again, I'm off topic to agree, but it's a perfect example. God didn't go anywhere. He didn't leave Peter. He was standing right there. But in a moment, all of a sudden, the storm and the waves were bigger and God was nowhere to be found. Why did he start sinking? Because he started looking at everything else and all he could focus on was everything else. And he began to sink. And all of a sudden, it was, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Lord, help. And as soon as he turned back, God hadn't gone anywhere. The only reason Peter got overwhelmed was because he got his eyes off of the fact that God was there. No, it's easy to preach. It's easier. It's easy to say. It's a lot more difficult when you're going through it. But I can tell you, by experience, it can be done. By experience, I can lose out. By experience, I can actually sense his peace and ability, strength in the midst of the storm. The conveyance is of it follows. The continuance is all all my life. The consistent, the constancy. Sorry, or, or consistency. Either way. Um, is the all the days. It's every single day. It's not goodness and mercy. It's not on again, off again, on again, off again. I had it last week. I don't think I have it this week. I had it yesterday, but I think it's gone today. No, no, goodness and mercy, God's goodness and mercy is not only following, not only is it all my entire life is it going to follow by the promise of God, but it is consistent and it's constant in the fact that it is every single day. God's goodness, God's mercy is present every single day day. It's new every morning as we read over in Psalm 31. And the last thing is this, the certainty. The conveyance of it follows. The continuance all my life. The constancy or consistency is every single day. And the certainty is surely. Surely it shall. It is as sure as a promise of God of truth. The promise that God gave concerning his truth can make it. And we know whom we have believed. It is as sure as when God said it does, then it does. It is surely, the psalmist is saying, without doubt, without any hesitation, without trying to figure out does it apply to me, it's just a surely, goodness and mercy 
shall follow me. I have no doubt. I, I, I might struggle at times, but I can know sh- surely goodness and mercy have not stopped hounding me. I, I know that, that there's, there's ups and there's downs in life, and I know there's times where it doesn't feel like there's going to be a way out, but this I know, surely God's goodness and mercy are still with me. Surely, as a promise of God, he never takes his promise back. He never makes a false promise. Surely, as the promises of God are consistent and complete and forever, I can trust that his mercy, his promise, that his mercy, his goodness are with me and following me all the days of my life. And they haven't missed a day. So I look around. And like I said before, I'm a pessimist by nature. You give me one positive thing, I'll give you at least 10 to go along with it. That would be negative. Here's here's how it can go good. Yeah, and here's about 20 ways it could go bad. Bet you didn't think of those, did you? That's just me. Um, Brother Rick was talking about Murphy's Law. (laughs) Murphy likes him. But sometimes you look and you're like, man. And you, it's so easy at times to look around and see all the bad stuff happening to me. Why is all the bad stuff happening to me? Lord, I've, been faith, I've given to you faithfully. I've, I've served you faithfully. I witnessed for you faithfully. Lord, I've sat in my seat like I'm supposed to every Sunday. Lord, why? Now watch. Now watch. What are we focused on? Because what you look for, you will find. If we spent today and said, you know what? We're going to actually rehearse and we're over five years of all the horrible negative things that have happened in our church family in five years. Sit back because we're about to have a long list. I mean, there have been ups and there have been really high ups and there have been downs and there have been like, like, you know, I don't think we can dig any deeper. It's like, we're hitting the core, Lord. We're hitting the core. We're so low right now. Uh, there have been ups and downs. By the way, that's life. Welcome to life. Well, that's not fair. What's the saying? Life's not fair. But here's the thing. We've all got ups. We've all got downs. And if we focus, if we look for the negatives, we'll find them. We look for the issues, we'll find them. We look for the things that are, that are like, well, I'll tell you what, that wasn't fair. You'll find it. But the same is true the other way around. We say, you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're just going to focus on this thought. Ain't God good? Let's go ahead and look and see if we can't, can't trace and find where goodness and mercy from the Lord have just kind of been hounding us and following the whole way around. Because as we begin to look back this, this trail, we can see all of the scorched earth, all the negative stuff. Or you look back and you say, man, a lot. I could, there, there, and there, and there, and there, and there, and over there. And, oh, I forgot about that one. That one over there. Man, look at all the times that God has done what I, I totally forgot about that one. Man, he's been good. Oh, he showed me mercy on that one. Yeah, I, kinda, I wish I could forget that one. <laughs> mercy, 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 mercy. Oh, grace, grace, 
wow, look, look how God has just flooded my past with His goodness and His mercy which brought also his grace and his blessings, his help and his guidance. All these things happen because the promise, good, surely, surely, goodness and mercy as a promise of God are going to follow me all the days of my life. Does it mean I'm going to have it nice and, you know, better roses, all easy? Nope. But no matter how bad it gets, I can still look and see the goodness and the mercy of God still following, still following. You know, the scent has gotten very weak. They're still following. I don't feel like going on. They're still following. You know, I'm, I'm about tired of this hunt. They're still hunting. God is ever present, ever able, and may I say ever determined to make sure his promise stays true. And we can look and say, boy, ain't God good. Man, God's good. Wait until later. Wait until just a little bit later. Wait until I start giving you a list of things that, in my opinion, should never have happened here. And nothing against y'all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, with this group of people, with all that we faced and with all that's gone on, how far in five years God has brought us and how much we have seen happen in five years that some places, some churches don't get the privilege of seeing in 20. And it started year one. A little, a little, little hint, year one, $50,000 roof that we didn't pay for. And nobody knew it was needed until the whole thing was about to fall in. And then when they got into it, it was worse than it, we thought it was. And yet, cover, 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 cover. It's like, where is this coming from? We don't have the money for this. We can't handle this. Got, got it covered. And that was year one. And that was just one thing in year one. Over and over and over again, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. If I'm following him, he's got his hound dogs following me. And I won't be, I can't get away from the one who's guiding me and the one who's providing for me at all times. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness.